Hey, welcome back to another episode on the Gridiron Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Kev the Exclusive, and today we have a very special guest joining the show, QB coach Greg Holcomb out of Illinois. Coach Greg, could you tell us a little bit about your training academy, Next Level Athletics? Like, where is it located? What training packages or programs do you offer? And what age range is it available for? Yeah, absolutely. Um First, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, so we're located in Chicago, um, just outside the city, actually, about 20 minutes. Um, we have our own indoor training facility in Carroll Stream, which is just, um, like I said, just outside Chicago. And it's a 10,000-foot uh, square foot facility with 60 yards of turf, 25-foot-high um, ceiling. So that's our our main indoor training facility, obviously being in the Midwest and, you know, obviously with the weather, we've got to mm-hmm. go inside from November till usually probably about March. Sometimes um, April will get outside, but um, usually March all the way through part of April will be inside. So we offer um, the majority of the training that we do is what I call semi-private. And what that means is it is a a setting with um, three total quarterbacks, sometimes less, but mostly no more than three in a Mm -hmm. similar age range and skill level. So it's my job once we get kids registered and signed up for our program to kind of micromanage the schedule and place them into training slots that maximize um, their opportunity to train. So if you're a varsity high school level quarterback, I want you training with other varsity high school level quarterbacks. If you're a freshman, you're typically going to train with other freshmen and sophomores and so on. So I break the, the age levels up, um, by 11th and 12th grade, 9th and 10th, 7th and 8th, 5th and 6th. So we start as early, um, as nine years old. Um, we don't have a lot of those kids, but I do allow, that age range to start training with us. I've been a, just requested to to train that early um, in the last several years. And so rather than turn kids away, I wanted to expose our program to some younger ages. And um, really, it's just about developing some good habits at that age, learning how to hold the football properly, ball carriage, setting their feet, just some really just ground basic um, you know, down and dirty kind of just fundamental stuff just to create some good habits. And then as you get older, um, we're developing some additional things to help you with just being a good quarterback. But it's all about, you know, throwing the football properly. Mechanics are critical. Um, and then as you get older, we develop the program to be a little bit more high level as guys start to be a little bit more high level in their skill set. What led you to opening your academy? You know, I was working in corporate America and helping some quarterbacks just on Sundays as a a side business. I got asked by a parent in the community that I live in if uh, I could train her son. And so I was doing that with him on Sundays for, you know, just kind of a side little hustle and um, really not charging much money and because I enjoyed it. And my wife and I started to have a family. So when, you know, kids start getting involved, you've got daycare and all those things. So, you know, literally every day we were 
taking our son to a daycare place and then hopping on the train and going downtown into the city and working in corporate America. And then my second child was going to be born, my daughter. And so we were talking about the cost for, um, you know, daycare and just the, you know, the kind of the stress that goes with leaving, you know, two children with a perfect stranger to raise them. And while we go downtown and work in the city and so she really, um, she said to me one day, you know, why don't you start your own quarterback training academy and do <laughs> that more full time and walk away, you know, from your job? And at first I thought she was crazy, but, um, you know, she really was supportive in that. And so, you know, I knew I could make it work and it was just taking that leap of faith. Obviously there's, you know, some fear financially of walking away from a career job and all that good stuff. But, you know, over the last uh, five, six years, we've built up a roster of of quarterbacks that has um, been sustainable. And, you know, I feel like we've got the most talented kids in the, the state um, that come and train with us. So we've developed a brand that we feel like has been able to put some kids in, in some positions to have success. And obviously when you do that, more kids want to be a part of your program. So yep, exactly. word of mouth and social media has been a big help for us to kind of generate some business and, you know, putting our drills and the kids that we train on Instagram and anything that has, you know, kids that are in front of a phone, obviously 24 hours a day. So if they can see kids who train in our program and the drills that we do, and they want to be a part of that, it certainly has helped. So that's really kind of how it all started. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been continuing to go from there. Right. I would say it's doing fairly well. You guys, you know, opening up your new facility, you, you're telling us about that. Um, so how long, when did you first start? What year, how long have you guys been around next level athletics? Yeah. I mean, I was doing some things without a name in front of it. Um, you know, I was just, like I said, I was showing up on Sundays at a turf field by my house and having kids just kind of show up randomly. And, um, and then six years ago when my wife suggested, um, you know, really taking the, uh, you know, the training and putting a name behind it. So it was about six years ago. Um, there was a, an indoor facility that an indoor um, speed agility and strength training place called physical fusion in Lombard, Illinois, that was under construction. And so I walked in there and said, Hey, in January, I'm launching my own uh, quarterback training Academy. Can I start to train in here? And they didn't have any clients that were coming in and using their turf. So um, for the last, you know, five and a half years, I've been in there during the winter and then, outside in the summertime at some local turf fields that are in our community. We've got a lot of really great spaces to, to train in the Chicagoland area. So um, in the summer and the warmer months, I've been outside on turf fields. And then in the winter, I've been inside at Physical Fusion. And uh, in probably December of last year, um, the opportunity was presented to me to take over a, a training facility that was mostly being used for soccer. And um, I walked in and took a look at the place and decided that I really wanted to invest the um, finances and resources into changing it into my own place. So, um, yeah, I bought the, the indoor training facility um, 
in April of last year. And so this April will be a full calendar year that we've been in there and we're continuing to evolve it. We're putting, um, uh, a strength in, and, um, a strength area in the back of the facility with some rogue racks and all that good stuff. So we want it to be a performance training center for athletes and higher level kids to come and, um, and be trained. And then for our quarterbacks, obviously to continue to have an indoor training facility to, to train in the winter time. So, it's um yeah it's been a a big blessing for our kids to be able to train on Definitely. turf yeah instead of um you know there's nothing wrong with going and training on a basketball floor and all that good stuff and our competitors do that but we feel like uh, a value add is being able to be on turf where you know our our um our kids can really maximize their opportunity and simulating the best training for the games what? Yeah. Now there's there's a number of training camps, you know, catered towards quarterbacks. There's a lot of them out there in the country. But what makes Next Level unique? What's the, what separates you guys from the competitors? You know, I think the thing that I mentioned earlier, the more private style of setting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know that the economic benefits that come with taking 20, 30, 40 kids and throwing them onto a field in group training and um, making a pretty good buck on a Sunday is a, a nice way to make a living. But for us, the, um, the more private setting is conducive to better results in a, in a shorter amount of time. So we can take three kids in an hour training session and really maximize their training opportunity to be able to get them better. And yeah. so. You know, just the personal attention, I think, that we put toward those really sets us apart from the competition for sure here in the Chicagoland area. Um, and, you know, I just feel like the things that we do in our training sets us apart, too. Um, you know, it's I mean, it's not rocket science. It's obviously just throwing a football. But, you know, we take a look at the guys who are playing the game on Sundays and try to mimic the the throwing mechanics that that we see from the high level guys. So we're not trying to do something and put our stamp on it just to call it. This is how next level quarterbacks throw. I mean, we just take a look at the best guys that are playing the game today and try to match what they're doing with how we throw. And then on top of that, adding in pressure in the pocket drills. For example, ESPN.com is doing um, a segment right now in Los Angeles where they're taking the drills that we do on a daily basis with our quarterbacks and putting a piece together um, that they're going to air for um, right around the NFL Combine because the NFL Combine currently really doesn't showcase what quarterbacks are doing in today's game. So when you see guys that are throwing off platform and under pressure and making just some really crazy high-level throws with a lot of chaos and conflict around them, those drills aren't done at the combine. They're very vanilla and they're old school and they're basic. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but they don't replicate what's happening in today's game. So um, some of the drills that we teach our quarterbacks to do are actually being filmed um, today um, as we speak in, in Hollywood um, in a studio. Um, Matt Bowen, the writer for ESPN.com, is doing a piece out there. And so he and I have been working together to craft um, about five or six drills that we feel like 
replicates pressure in the pocket and all the things that, you know, the guys like Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson and even, you know, even Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, and Carson Wentz, guys who are making, um, you know, really athletic looking throws when the play breaks down, but right. still yep. being able to, to have success on the field. So what sets us apart, I think, is the ability to be able to train that way. And, it, you know, like I said, it's not rocket science. It's just about being perceptive and seeing what today's quarterbacks are doing and then trying to teach our kids to make those same kind of throws. Affordable training sessions and what are focused primarily on training that's going to translate to on-field success is key. Like in the basketball world, you see so many trainers just doing stuff that looks good for the parents and social media, but none of that stuff is going to translate. So it's really a waste of time and money. Every basketball player in today's game or growing up should learn how to shoot and dribble. I don't care if you're, you know, 5'10 as a fifth grader, they need to be handling the ball and shooting, even if they play center or the post. So as a young quarterback, what are some base fundamentals they should develop as building blocks for their future at the position? Yeah, that's a great question. And for us, it starts with feet. Um, and I tell mm -hmm. kids, I tell kids every time we start training, like you've all seen a house being built or any kind of structure, right? Nobody starts with the roof first. So everyone starts with the, the foundation or the basement or whatever the, the thing at the bottom is. And that's your feet. So, um, you know, for us, it's just being able to set your feet properly and being, um, able to establish a good foundation to throw from. So as a young quarterback, I'm teaching my kids to just set their feet properly. And for us, it's just having your feet just outside your, your hips. So I tell our kids right underneath your armpits is where you want to set your base. You want your cleats in the ground. I don't want you playing on your toes or the balls of your feet. Hmm. And so that's, I mean, that for us is just first and foremost. And then you know, just some basics like holding the football properly. A lot of young um, quarterbacks are being taught by youth football coaches to hold the ball up real high by their ear, right? And the, the idea behind that is that they can get the ball out faster. Well, right. you know, that to me is a myth. And I tell kids all the time, if you wanted to get the ball out faster, don't you think the guys playing at the position at the highest level would hold the ball up by their ear if that's where you wanted to get it out faster? You're and so if guys aren't, yeah, if guys on Sunday aren't doing that, then we don't do that. So that's true. Um, I never, I never really paid attention to that, but I do see the kids at the youth level doing that. I was actually taught that when I played my poor yeah, practice with the quarterback. <laughs> we all were. And it's, and it's a lot of just misinformed, um, you know, youth coaches that just, they see a YouTube video or whatever it is. And, um, I tell guys all the time, kids, you know, listen, if Aaron Rodgers isn't holding it up by his ear, we're not holding it up by his ear. So, <laughs> you know, and I, and, and I break it down really easily. I tell a kid, who's your favorite quarterback? And they'll tell me and I'll pull out my phone. And I'll pull up an image of them, and nine times out of ten, they'll have proper fundamentals. Like, I don't care who it is, what level they're playing, if it's college or pro. And I'll tell the kid, listen, if your favorite quarterback isn't doing something that you're being taught, then that's there's a disconnect there. So let's do what your favorite quarterback is doing. So, you know, it's pretty easy for them to understand that. Um, you know, obviously kids today are, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and those are the kind of the, the two guys that are really standing out as kids' favorite quarterbacks now. And right. I'll just say, 
Where does Patrick Mahomes hold the football? It's right in front of his chest, right over his sternum, right in between the one and the five. So if he's holding it there, let's hold it there. Let's develop some good fundamentals right there. So ball carriage and feet to me are just, those are two critical things, and they take no athletic ability whatsoever. It's just common sense, and that's where we start. Yeah, so that was, because uh, that was kind of my next question was, mobility like in re- most recent drafts the first rounders they're all able to move their feet and they don't have yep. to be lamar jackson but like you said carson wentz yeah Dak, Chris, josh Scott, allen any of those josh, guys. they can all move so yeah. you know footwork is key being able to move inside the pocket uh, evade give yourself time to throw find those throwing lanes now how big a part does the mechanics play in a player's throwing accuracy you know getting the ball outside the numbers is tough but those deep outs those flag routes those comebacks those are tough throws. Yeah. Um, another good question. I mean, <clears throat> I use Philip Rivers all the time, right? He's got horrible mechanics, and obviously he's developed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I he's a, he's going to walk into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. He's got 50,000 yards on, to his credit, and, you know, I don't even know, 13, 15, 17 years, whatever he's been playing in the league. So, you know, I'll tell kids, listen, I don't want you to throw like Philip Rivers, but Philip Rivers has made a career out of throwing really well with poor mechanics. So, you know, obviously the more fundamentally sound a kid is to us, those usually equate to successful throws. So if you've got proper mechanics, typically you're going to throw the ball with more accuracy and power. Now, at the same time, I also don't, you know, I don't create robots. So I don't Mm -hmm. want a kid, if two kids are different in their muscle structure or their size or just their physical development and they throw a little bit differently, I'm not so opinionated that I'm going to tell a kid you can't throw that way because it's just not fundamentally sound. Now, obviously, we want to have a foundation that we really try to stick to. But if one kid is throwing slightly different than another, I'm fine with that. I'm going to work within what feels comfortable for him. At the end of the day, if it doesn't feel comfortable, he's going to not, he, I mean, he's going to regress from it. He's yep, going to put, gonna, you know, shy away from it. Yeah, he won't so have the confidence got, in his arm. Yeah. Right. So it's got to feel comfortable. But yeah, I mean, mechanics across the board are going to be different for each kid. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we want them to try to achieve a certain level within, you know, the parameters that we're trying to lay down. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be so nitpicky that one kid is going to be different from another. If his arm slot is a little bit lower and he's throwing it into a shoebox 40 yards downfield, nine out of 10 (laughs) times, I mean, what am I going to do? Change him just for the sake of changing him? Right. So what now what are some ways that quarterbacks can improve their throwing strength? Is it is it more stretching, is it flexibility, or is it just straight up lifting weights? How are they can yeah. improve their throwing strength? I leave the the flexibility and the stretching and the weightlifting to the guys who are trained to do that stuff. Okay. I mean I stay away from that. I'm not I'm not educated in speed agility and strength training. Um so whatever they're doing with their own private coach in that area, I leave that up to them. Obviously, they're going to develop physically by lifting weights and doing all those things. For me, it's really about power generated through rotational force. So throwing a football 
and I tell kids this, it's not a linear motion. Linear is, is straight line. It's forward. Right. Like a pitcher, like a pitcher off a mound, right? Like that is a downhill forward motion. And throwing a football is the opposite. It's standing in a spot and throwing with rotational force. So for us, it's really create, it's more about physics than it is physical strength. And I tell kids this all the time. Once you get to be a junior in high school and you take physics, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. And so it's really getting that hip to fire, that shoulder to come through. It's all the things that are happening within the throw that are going to generate power. And it really doesn't have a lot to do with strength. Obviously, brute strength can help, but I have kids that, you know, are rail thin that can spin the crap out of it. And, um, you know, I have kids that are muscle bound that don't even throw as hard as some of the other kids do that aren't. Right. So it really, it, you know, obviously the physical development, like I said, from, from, from lifting weights and all that good stuff are going to be part of it. But for us, it's just, I mean, it's really about physics. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody wants to play quarterback at some point in their lives, whether they're little league, high school, they, somebody wants to play quarterback, but few realize the amount of preparation that goes into the position. Like, can you share some of the lesser known responsibilities that a quarterback has to, to be aware of to be successful? Yeah, it's, um, I always say this quarter, quarterback is not something you play, you play shortstop, you play point <laughs> guard, you play catcher. Um, you play goalie. You don't play quarterback. You are a quarterback. I like, like it. you I like are, that. you are. And I, I mean, I, that's, I mean, that's just, it's kind of part of your fabric, your DNA. And it's, you know, I say to kids all the time, like you can't be the quarterback on Friday nights and walk around the classroom or the hallways of your school and be a knucklehead. Like yes. you have to be the same yes, person. Preach. You have to be the same person on Friday nights in your game that you are in the hallways, in the classroom, in the cafeteria, at church, wherever you are in the community. So some kids just can't do that. They're not that guy. And I just don't see, I just don't see those kids that take, I guess, the responsibility of being that, that guy um, when they can't do that. So yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of kids that want to be a quarterback, but it's just not going to happen. It's it's just part of who you are. And quite honestly, I see those kids kind of fizzle out or, you know, just by circumstance, maybe they just don't have the ability to lead um, in the, the huddle or at the line of scrimmage. Physically, maybe they don't have the, the tools or the the natural ability to be able to to spin the ball or put it in the right place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, they call it the hardest position in all of sports for a reason. And I truly think that it is. And it's just, I it's not that. for everybody. Um, we have kids that want to come and train in our program and I'm quite honest with them. I mean, I don't want the parent to spend X amount of dollars on their son to train to play quarterback if I don't feel like they are going to end up being a quarterback. I'd rather they put their resources and their finances into speed, agility, strength training to play linebacker or tight end or whatever the heck. And how difficult is it to have those conversations with parents? Because you you know, a lot of parents live through their kids and feel like, nah, my son is a quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. How do you, do you feel like you get through them or you just, you know, you give well, your input and let it be? 
Actually, you know what I mentioned earlier, you know, we are a semi-private training academy. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to waste, and this sounds cruel, but life is cruel. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to waste a semi-private training slot with someone who I don't feel like is going to be representative of our program and our brand. If you are not going to be one of those kids that's going to be, um, you know, a varsity starter. I just, I feel like it's probably in your best interest to either train with somebody else or find another position. And I don't have a hard time having a conversation with a parent and letting them know, like, listen, I'll train your son, but I really honestly feel like he's probably in a position to be playing something else. I don't know what that is, but I really don't know if it's quarterback. Right. And yeah, it's, it's difficult, but I think parents actually, it's refreshing to have that honesty because, you know, they're not wasting their time and their money. Mm -hmm. And I, I would appreciate information like that as well. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, I, yeah, I let them know, listen, if you truly want me to train him, I will, but I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, it's going to be a long path to the success that you probably want him to have at the position. All right, so we're heading into combine season. If it's not already here, it's coming up in spring. And we hear analysts and scouts say all the time how certain players can make all the throws. Like, what Can, can you tell our listeners what that means or what they're saying when they say that? Yeah, I mean, that's... make all the throws? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, that's pretty much every throw in the route tree. And then talking about, um, you know, what we mentioned earlier, making those off-platform throws. Like, as a mm -hmm. guy is rolling to his left and he's a right-handed quarterback, and he doesn't have the ability to come downhill, so he's running parallel to the line of scrimmage. Can he, you know, flash his left shoulder to his target and drive enough power and torque into his throw and throw it, obviously, into a small window? A guy working his way back downhill to a comeback who is running something vertical when he sees the quarterback in trouble. Like, I think being able to make all the throws is truly that. It's being able to make throws when... Plays break down. Can you keep it alive and then still remain a passer? And I think a lot of things, um, a lot of times, you know, kids turn into runners. They get pressure and automatically they take off and run. And if you can stay behind the line of scrimmage and keep the play alive and make throws that are going to be unconventional, that to me is making all the throws. All the throws mm -hmm. in the route tree. I mean, my nine year old son can do that. So, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but when you can make all the throws, that truly is those incredibly difficult off-platform throws and, and the non-conventional, the unconventional throws that, that people talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, are there any throws on the route tree that, that you think every quarterback should absolutely master? Like, they're basically throwing yeah. it in their sleep. Could you let That's us know a great that question is? because the first thing that parents will say to me when I get a new kid either – um, on the phone or, or when they come out to see me is, oh, he's got great arm strength. He can throw the ball, you know, 60 yards down the field. And to me, I really don't care. I don't <laughs> care if you can throw the ball 60 yards downfield because that is probably not going to be part of your um, offense as much as, as any of the other throws. So I'd rather see you throw a slant, an out, a curl, a bubble screen, a smoke mm -hmm. route, a hitch, 10 out of 10 times. 
on the right shoulder where the ball needs to be placed. Those throws, those six throws are exactly the throws I want to see all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the chain moving throws that are going to keep the defense off the field. I mean, those are the throws that I, I would rather see more than any other throw. Vertical is great, but I don't really, you know, I don't see that happening all that often, man. And, and you know, watch an NFL game. I mean, the guys just aren't throwing down the field that yeah, often. Yeah, it just, takes a lot of time to get to throw it down there, and you don't have right. that kind of time. What The best now, advice I got from a, a coach once is, um, it's like a boxing match, right? It's right. jab, 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 jab. And then you throw a haymaker. It's not what coming out of the corner and throwing <laughs> knockout punches. Right. Well, now you said I knew most of us, but a smoke screen or a smoke pass. What, what is it? What route is that? Or what kind of throw is that? Uh, a smoke route is like a now screen where the corner's playing off and the receiver mm. just steps up and steps back. So you're throwing right oh, down yep, the line. You're just throwing a, yep. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So. That route is actually harder than I think people think because you can't put the ball behind the receiver. You've got to put it right on that front side shoulder and allow him to be able to make a play. Usually it's against man defense. So, you know, if the corner's playing off because he doesn't want to get beat deep and you can throw that now screen, that smoke route and let, I mean, then it's just best on best, right? So what, um, now are there any particular reasons why one player can make certain throws, but you know, others can't? Like you see, I know he's Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the best back fade shoulder throwers of them all. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's just about. I think it's about just practicing those throws. You know, I mean, we'll throw throws. We will throw throws in our training sessions. And I don't want to use Patrick Mahomes too much. I mean, we're not we're not throwing no look throws, but we do throw those throws where you're rolling out to your left as a right-handed quarterback, and you almost throw across your body. So difficult throw. And I tell our kids all the time, I want you to be able to make those throws in our training sessions, so that when you do it in a game situation, you're not trying it for the first time ever. Because if you're trying it for the first time ever in a game situation, the likelihood of success is probably very low. If we're repping those in a training session, and don't get me wrong, we're not doing those for the entire hour. We'll finish up for the last maybe 10 minutes on throwing some crazy off-platform throws. But I tell kids, like, I want that throw to be the one where you throw it and your coach on the sideline puts his head on his, puts his hands on his head is like, oh crap. And then as it comes out and then it's completed, he's the guy clapping going, all right, nice job, nice job. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I want, I want our kids, I tell our quarterbacks, like, I want you to have a little bit of a dark side, like try and make throws that other kids won't make. And Mm. if you can, if you can complete them, I mean, that's just going to put you in a better situation. Yeah, Separate yourself. All right, so lately, you know, we've been hearing a lot of quarterbacks who are, you know, baseball players or, you know, dual sport athletes. Do you do you think, um, say, a seventh, eighth grader, maybe a freshman in high school, do you think they should play multiple sports or should they just focus on perfecting their craft as a quarterback? Should they be playing quarterback in, you know, February, March, April, or should they right. play other sports? Do you, do you encourage other sports to play, you know, yeah, multiple th- sports? I'm kind of an old school guy. I think you should play other sports. I really do. And I think you should play 
I think you should play them until you kind of figure out when you shouldn't play them. And what I mean by that is this. So as a freshman, I played football, basketball, and baseball, and I enjoyed all three of them. As a sophomore, I stopped playing baseball because I really didn't like it as much, and I played basketball and football. And then as a junior, I felt like I probably would be about the eighth or ninth guy in the rotation for basketball, and do I really want to put all that time and effort into practice and not really playing a lot when I could really be focusing on football? So as a junior, I only played football, and as a senior, I only played football. So. Right. You know, I started to kind of whittle down what I did based on where I felt like, you know, was going to be able to maximize my time. Now, if you're a starter in basketball and you're also, you know, playing football, it's probably a more difficult situation for you to to decide that. So, you know, I think kids should should try to play multiple sports. I don't think you should um, completely shut that down. But at the same time, you know, it's changed a lot nowadays from when I played. You're probably, I mean, I, I would finish the football season and I didn't pick up a football until probably spring. And now kids are finishing the football season. They're taking a few weeks off and then they're right back at it to train, which obviously is great for my business. But at the same <laughs> time, you know, I want, I want them to be playing other sports too. I think that's healthy. I think that helps um, them develop physically. And I think that's just, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just an old school guy that feels like you should continue to do multiple sports. And I think that honestly looks better to the um, the recruiters that are trying to, to put you in a collegiate situation too. I agree. I agree on playing as many sports as possible because a lot of those sports, uh, they translate to football. 100%. Like so, you know, that lateral quickness you need in basketball, you need it in football. So, same Absolutely. thing. What would you say your training area expertise is or specialty? What would you say? Describe yourself as a trainer. You know, I think I have the ability to see a kid throw a football and really quickly be able to dissect what he's doing correctly that will use as a foundation for his strengths to throw football and what he does incorrectly to be able to address and improve immediately. So the mechanics of throwing a football, I don't know. I just think I've always been extremely detail oriented. Mm, um, I probably, yeah. I, I probably have OCD, um, <laughs> undiagnosed, undiagnosed OCD. And so, you know, when I watch somebody, I just feel like I have the ability to, in a live rep, be able to see what they're doing mechanically throwing a football that allows me to break them down pretty quickly and be able to, I mean, I'll I'll take video of a kid throwing a football in a first session right as he throws, and 55 minutes later at the end of the session, we're taking video of him, and there's a drastic improvement, and it really you know, is evident to the, the kid who's in that first session to be able to see the before and after in just one session. So I'm not tooting my own horn and saying I do that better than anybody else, but it's just something that I feel like um, that we can do at our academy um, really, really well. And the other thing, too, is is just being perceptive of the conflict situations that are happening in real game scenarios. I mean, I'll watch a game and just watch the quarterback um, specifically and see, you know, where he's in 
certain situations and just try to rep throws based on conflict situations. A lot of the drills that I do are named after things that I see NFL guys do in a game. I mean, I've got a Tyrod Taylor throw where he takes this jab <laughs> step and then he jacks out and throws a ball on the run. And I've got, you know, I mean, they're all named. There's a Andrew right. Luck and Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers. So all I'm doing is... Right, I got to ask you, I got to interrupt you because I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Could you, uh, could you describe the Carson Wentz throw or Carson Wentz drew for me? Yeah, so there's a, a rep Carson Wentz takes where he's doing a play action. Um, it's a stretch outside zone play action. Mm-hmm. And as he roll, as he pulls the ball back and sticks his foot in the ground to roll to the opposite side. So it's a boot roll. There is a Dallas Cowboy defender who is meeting him at the top. Like the Dallas Cowboy defender is the DN. And, um, conventional, um, conventional thinking is that that DN would run down the line of scrimmage to tackle the running back in the run play, right? But he's obviously watched enough film where he's decided, I'm not going to go after the running back. I'm going to play the quarterback. So at the top, as he sticks his foot in the ground and turns around, he's surprised by the Dallas Cowboy DN who's right there. And he sticks his foot in the ground and takes his jab step and cuts mm. underneath him and then throws off platform um, to Alshon Jeffrey, who's out in the flat. Like, it's probably a 17-yard throw, and it's really incredibly difficult um, to make. And so, I mean, that's the throw. So, right. you know, I saw Carson yeah. Wentz do that, and so we rep that. You know, we do we do drills that I've seen the highest level guys on the planet mm-hmm. make. And so we just call our drills those drills. So, and I've got those on my phone. And so I'll show the kids, here's a drill we're doing. This is Carson Wentz doing it. And they can see a live rep of it happening in a game. And then we're just trying to rep it in our training. So I'm not making anything up. It's just things that I've seen while watching, um, while watching the highest level guys do it. So yeah. it's like I said, it's not rocket science. Yeah. So I'm like your eye, your, your detail oriented and you're just your OCD when it comes to correct quarterback play is, I mean, that's just great as a trainer. And I was on your website and I see how you write on your about page. You're talking about, you know, most trainers or quarterbacks going to tell you where they play quarterback at. And just because, you know, you play quarterback at a high level, division one, maybe even professional for a little bit doesn't really necessarily mean you're going to be a great coach. Like exactly. you, see, you see great players all the time, you know, not really be the best coaches. So that's, that's great there. Now, what's your yeah. personal favorite aspect of working with quarterbacks? Um, It's probably just the broad dynamic of skill set. I mean, I, I have to switch gears on an hourly basis based on, Who's coming into my training session? I'll have, you know, a seventh and eighth grade group, and it'll be kids that, for the most part, um, aren't as physically developed as another seventh and eighth grade group. So mm-hmm. I have to really switch gears and be able to think quickly on, okay, what do we need to do in this training session to maximize this hour with them? to get them in a place where they need to be. And then the next hour, I'll have some high-level guys, and I've got to switch gears quickly to be able to to go, 
I mean, obviously I can't do basic fundamental, like, you know, I don't want to call it boring, but for them, it would be boring. <laughs> you know, I've got to right. challenge them to be a little bit more. The training session has to be a lot more challenging. And so for me as a trainer, it challenges me. So the high-level guys that I've got that are really, really good, that are going to get Power 5 scholarship offers, obviously can't be trained the same way that a 7th and 8th grade kid who's trying to just crack the starting lineup for his team. Exactly. So it's really it's really that. It's that dynamic that I really love. And that's and that's great too. Just as a a trainer, a guy who's out there with his own business with the uh, next level athletics, you don't want a guy who's just gonna have your kid out there doing the same thing, like you said, a guy who's getting recruited by power five schools and he has your, you know, your hundred and sixty pound freshman trying to do the same things. It's it's just so pretty exactly. much a waste of time. And then so. at the same time, kids want variety. So if you're an old school guy who just feels like that there's only one way to do something, I think you're going to probably lose business because kids want, they want, you know, I get it. You want to accomplish something, right? But there are more than one way to accomplish something. So, you know, if you're stuck in your same drills that you're doing with kids every single training session, they're going to lose, they're going to lose, you're going to lose their attention. They're not going to want to do that every single weekend that they come in your training session. So for me, it's okay. How can I do the same thing that I'm trying to do, but liven it up or do something different or add just an element of difficulty to it? So I tell kids all the time, like you've had a steak in a lot of different places, right? And it's cooked a different way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, as long as that steak tastes really good, you don't really care how it got to it. It just you want it to taste you want it to taste good. So it's a it's a kind of an odd way to describe it, but I tell kids like we're gonna we're gonna do something and accomplish something, but we're gonna do it in a variety of different ways. And I think they appreciate that as a as you know, as a trainer. They don't want the same thing over and over and yes, over. Yes, I agree. Like as an athlete, a former athlete not necessarily. I played football when I was younger, like most, but I played professional basketball for about three and a half years overseas. And I, I was the same. Like, I wanted to do something different. I didn't necessarily want to go, me, all right, we're going to be shooting, you know, elbow jump shots, you know, 25 of them. I didn't want to do that every single day. Let's, let's mix it up. It keeps exactly. you engaged because training is already tough enough. You know, pushing yourself, that's already hard enough. So at least if it's different, it's something that's probably going to challenge you because it's something new. Exactly. Hundred percent. Are you? As we've been talking, you kind of name drop some QBs that you watch, and I'm glad you said it. Didn't even know that's what you do. You kind of just watch the players at the highest level, or some professional or collegiate quarterbacks whose mechanics or pocket presence impresses you, and are good examples to follow for young quarterbacks to emulate. Some of the younger guys whose mechanics I really like. I mean, I really like Patrick Mahomes' mechanics. He's got a great ball carriage. He's got a great stroke. He's got great feet. Um, you know, he, he certainly is somebody who jumps out at me. I really mm -hmm. like Deshaun Watson. Um, he's another guy. I, I like the younger guys who have that athletic element to them. Right. Even, um, you know, even some of the guys who might not look that athletic part. I mentioned Josh Allen earlier. I, I like mean, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen is a, he's a tremendously <laughs> gifted athletic quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think because of his size, People don't really see that, 
Um, Wentz is certainly a guy that I really, really like. I love his stroke. I love his mechanics. I love his athletic ability. Rodgers is getting up there in age, but I still feel like he's kind of the king of that. He's, he's, you know, he was, um, he's the guy kind of in this generation that are, um, that has that athletic ability to throw the off platform throws. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, Gosh, there's some guys that are coming out of college that I think are going to be really good at it. Um, Trevor Lawrence is certainly somebody that that stands out as somebody like that. Um, I'm interested to see, um, you know, what Tua can bring to the table. He's an athletic guy who can also spin it. Um, he's a lefty, which is going to be kind of rare since there are no left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking those of, are, Speaking of left-handed quarterbacks, is it – are you left-handed or right-handed? I am left-handed. Oh, so this this might not be a difficult question for you. Is it difficult to train lefties versus righties? You know, is it is it certain like man, this you know, left-handed quarterbacks have a problem doing this, or I have a problem? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything for me? It's it's clearly not. Nah, um, I mean- <laughs> I think one of the, yeah, I think one of the things that kind of helps me in that area is the fact that I am left-handed, right? And I've lived in a right-handed world my whole life, so to train a right-handed quarterback for me is simple. I mean, it's you know I've had to live in a righty world my entire life as a lefty, so my my footwork and all the things that I can do me physically, I can do right-handed as easily as I can do left-handed. Not actually throw the ball but I can display proper footwork right. and ball carriage and stroke and all those things as a righty um, as I can as a lefty. And then when I get the lefties in my training, it is extremely easy for me to relate to them because they're in the same boat I was. Yep. I mean, you're in a, you're in a right-handed world. So yeah, it certainly has helped me. I think when kids find out that, that I'm left-handed and they are also left-handed, that it is a big draw for for kids yes. who um, are that side. So, next level athletics, but you also have your Rise and Fire Camp series, and you have a. Yeah. Could you tell us about that? About five years ago, I um, I wanted to do a camp, and um, I actually started the first one in Los Angeles, and um, you know that's that's kind of a. God, it's like almost a mecca for quarterbacks. I mean, it's just such a hotbed for for really high-level, talented quarterback play. And so I thought, why don't I um why don't I do a, a, a quarterback camp in LA? And so I did it out there with a guy named Danny Hernandez, who's a great quarterback coach in the Los Angeles area. And um and then when I brought it to Chicago um for that first year. Um, I wanted to give it a name and I, um, I decided that I wanted to, to brand it. And so I don't know. I, um, Gus Johnson is, uh, an announcer that, oh, um, yeah, he's my, he's my favorite. Yes. He's like, Gus is good. (laughs) So, so Gus is my favorite. And, um, and in Gus's bio on one of his social media things, it said rise and fire. And I really just took it from that. So I called the camp rise and fire because of my favorite um, college football announcer and it kind of evolved from there. So it's been a camp that we evolved from just quarterbacks and receivers to now we've got running backs, we've got DBs, linebackers. And in the last few years, we've added linemen to it as well. So 
Um, we just did our camp in Los Angeles. We had about 150 kids out there. Wow. And it was a really um, well-attended camp, some high-level kids out there. Um, and then the Chicago one that we do is usually the last weekend in May or the first weekend in June, um, depending on when uh, Memorial Day is. And so this May 30th and 31st, we have it in Chicago, and we – we usually have a really good turnout. Last year, we had 17 states represented at the camp. So kids come from out of town, and we get a block of rooms at a local hotel. And um, it's it's a well-attended event. It's usually two days long. And, um, yeah, it's it's kind of our... Our little, um, our little side thing that we've done outside of our regular training. So I would say the, a lot of the quarterbacks there are next level guys that I train here in Chicago, but then we get kids from all over the country that, that want to be part of it. So we're super humbled to have, um, kids want to travel from other areas to be part of it. So, um, that's coming up in a, a couple months now. All right. Coach Greg Holcomb. CEO, founder of Next Level Athletics, we want to thank you for coming on the Gridiron Prep. We really appreciate it. We learned so much. 